Welcome to the teaching on fighting the good fight. My name is Chaplain Gail Crock. I'm president and co-founder of Spiritual Care Consultants of West Michigan. And one of the reasons to develop this message was I wanted to really address the people that go through spiritual care and receive healing and deep inner healing and are in the struggle of becoming all that God has created them to be. And one of the things I want to say to them is, you really need to fight the good fight. Now, this message will be also good for anybody that is trying to walk out their Christian walk on a daily basis. One of the things that the enemy will try to do, and I'm going to read a couple of scriptures in a minute, the enemy will always come back to try old doors, and we have to be prepared to fight the good fight. If you have been through the spiritual care process, the enemy might say things to you like, um, what you're doing really isn't working, so you might as well give up. We hear this a lot, especially when you're asked to say the I am statements every day and to say them out loud, even if you don't believe them. One of the lies the enemy sows in there is what you're doing really isn't working, so you might as well give up. Another thing we hear is that, oh, it's just impossible. This is just too much hard work. Give up. Quit using your tools. You know, those I am statements and new pathways are just too much work. It's not worth it. You know, and that is the biggest lie of the enemy. And the other thing I hear from time to time, uh, boy, I'm feeling good. I'm really strong. And you know, that's good. But when you're strong, you still need to continue to use your tools because that's what I believe you are at the greatest risk of coming under attack. You know, how do the en lies of the enemy come to us? Well, I believe one of the biggest ways the lies of the enemy come to us is through our thought process. And we pick them up as normal thoughts, but they're really fiery darts that are aimed against us to stop us in the transformation process. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to what you were called when you made the good, good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You know, Paul tells Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. He knew it wouldn't be easy for Timothy and that Timothy would need to be reminded of these words. Then in Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11 we also see another very good example of how to fight the good fight of faith. And this example was given by Jesus Christ himself in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, which says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to a very holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. 
Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. In this scripture, Jesus really lays forth some really good principles on how to fight the good fight of faith. And first of all, you see Jesus in the wilderness using the scripture against the lies of the enemy. And what did Satan do? He tried to attack him at a time of weakness, and he also tried to take the scripture and twist it, and he was attacking Jesus any way he could to give to get him to give up. We are told to fight the good fight of faith, and Paul said, I have fought a good fight, I have run a good race, and he said that just before he was going out to be beheaded. So today what I'd like to do is talk about the eight keys to fighting a good fight. Key number one, don't listen to the enemy's lies. You know, John 8.44 tells us that the devil is the father of lies and he's been lying from the very beginning. Now, the only thing the enemy has over you is his lies. If you don't buy into them, they have no power over you and you don't have to listen to them. Well, when you see the enemy's lies coming, why don't you just take them as a confirmation? When you hear the lies, you know you're on the right track. You see, the reason the enemy lies to us is because he knows that if we truly find the transformation we're seeking, we will become all that God wants us to be, and he doesn't want that, and he will lose his hold on us. So one of the things he tries to do is keep his hold on us by his lies. Well, when you hear his lies, I would like you to remember Revelation twelve eleven and triumph over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. When the enemy's lies come your way, tell him to leave you alone in the name and the power of the blood of Jesus and go away. And then change your mind and change what you're thinking on to something that is good, purely, and of good report. Key number two, don't go back to your old ways or your old sins. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You see, the number one thing that the enemy wants to do is to get you and I to go back to our old ways, go back to our old sins. Why? Because he wants to try to enslave us even more. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 44 through 45, it tells us that when we go back to our old ways, the enemy tries to come back and bind us seven times worse than we were before. He tries to come back with seven of his buddies to make things worse. And so if you are struggling with an addiction, you know there are so many addictions out there today. I don't know if your addiction is drug, alcohol, um, you name it. There are so many. Cutting, bulimia, purging. There are so many addictions out there. And when the Lord sets you free, he sets you free because he wants you to experience freedom, health, and wholeness. 
And the enemy wants, after you've been free for a while, he wants you to go back. He wants you to convince you that you can do some of that old sin and be okay, that you are strong enough when you're not. And when you go back to your old ways, after you have been free a while, it seems like if you've had an alcohol addiction, it comes back with a vengeance. It's even worse than it was before. And I understand that if you're struggling with an addiction, there will be ups, there will be downs, there will be bumps in the road. But I say to you, fight the good fight of faith. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep on going, even if you feel you have blown it. So you know what? If you have found yourself off track and in the weeds a little bit and you haven't been fighting your fight very good, Get back up, brush your knees off, and keep on fighting and ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to come and help you not to go back to your old ways and old sins because I'm telling you today, he has victory in store for you. Key number three is the renewal of your mind. Romans 12 verses 1 through 2 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I just want to say, if there's any time in the process of spiritual care that you will be tempted to give up, it's in the renewal of your mind. The first four days are the hardest. It takes four days to begin the rewiring process of your brain. That's what neurologists tell us. So your first four days are the hardest. It takes 21 days to rebuild a new circuit in your brain. But thank you, Lord, that when his presence comes in and his power comes in, he can actually speed up the process, speed up the healing process. And yet we know that transformation is definitely a process, is something you definitely want to work at and that you have to work at. Ephesians 4 verses 21 through 24 says, You were taught with regard to the former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your mind, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You see, in this scripture, we are told to put off the old, to put on the new. And this is a choice. We choose to put off our old ways. We choose to think about good thoughts. We choose to resist the lies of the enemy and renew our minds. We choose to get rid of our stinking thinking and develop new pathways and to begin to walk in a new way. And I got some good news for you today. And you might say, well, what's the good news? The renewal of your mind will be a new lifestyle that you should walk out for the rest of your life. And you might say, well, why is that good news? Well, the good news, if you have to do it, I have to do it. And we all have to renew our minds because, you see, if left to our old ways and our old devices, if we do not renew our mind and continue to develop the pathways, read the word of God, and meditate on good things, we will go back eventually to our old stinking thinking. So 
renew your mind. That is key number three, and it is very important. Key number four is stand on the word of God and the promises of God. 1 Timothy 4, verses 14 through 15 says, Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these manners. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. One of the things we want to do is stand on the word of God when times of trouble come. When you're fighting the good fight, standing on the word of God is critical. When we see Jesus in the garden or Jesus when he was being tempted in the wilderness, he kept telling Satan, it is written, it is written, it is written. And he was using the logos or the written word to combat the enemy. And yet, there is the rhema word. The rhema word is when you get a word from a word, when God comes to you in your devotional time and in your private time alone to the Lord, and he gives you a promise and a word. When God gives you a promise, it's for you to fight with. Well, maybe you're battling with cancer when you're listening to the CD. Well, you know what? Get out the words on healing. Get out healing scriptures and stand on them. Yes, go to your doctor. Yes, take your medicine. And yes, take the word of God as a medicine. And if God has given you any words through other people that relate to you living a long life or any other promise like that, use that as a weapon to fight with in your prayer time. A good example of this is when Jesus was talking to Peter. Jesus gives Peter a seemingly insignificant word. In John 21, 18, he tells him, Verily, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. When you're old there, in the Greek means very, very old. And Jesus was saying to Peter, you're going to live a long life. Now, that doesn't seem very significant at that time in Peter's life, but when you go to Acts chapter 12, you see Peter chained up in prison, guarded by four squads of soldiers, and he is sleeping with a sleep that is so peaceful when he knows on the next day Herod is planning to kill him. Why could he sleep so peacefully during that time? It's because he had been given a word by the Lord that he would live to be very old, and Peter knew that even when he was in that dungeon, chained up and fettered, it was not his time to die. And as you know, I'll give you the Paul Harvey and the rest of the story, the church went into prayer, God sent an angel to the prison, and released Peter out of the prison and you know the church was probably claiming the promises of God for Peter and Peter got released from prison he didn't die that day but the key to Peter's victory is that Jesus in John 21 had given him a word that he would live to bury a very old man so I don't know what your battle is in fighting the good fight of faith I don't know if it's a sickness a disease if it's a mental illness I don't know what it is. You know, if it's the mental illness, the Bible says God hath not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. God promises you a sound mind. So in your fight of faith, 
Stand on the word of God and the promises of God and get into the word of God and dig out those promises and find them and stand on them and fight with them. Key number five, use your authority in Christ. This is the one area in fighting the good fight of faith that I believe is absolutely a must. It is also the one area where I think that believers really struggle the most. And I often tell or share with uh, Christians and people that come through spiritual care, when you use your authority in Christ, speak out loud. Use the words of your mouth. Let the enemy hear you out loud. And many of them look at me really strange. Well, the Bible says the power of life is in the tongue and you can eat the fruit thereof. So when fighting the enemy, your words, speaking them out loud, has a tremendous power. Now, I really realize that I believe that the reason I think that people don't speak out loud or don't use their authority is they really don't believe they have the right to do so. Well, you know what? Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus died and rose again and won the battle for you. And you have the right and you have the power to use the authority of his name to rebuke the enemy. You know, when stress, anxiety, and depression get really bad, I believe there are tormenting spirits behind those emotions. Yes, I believe those are human emotions. And no, I don't blame everything on a demon, but I'm not stupid either. There is a real enemy that tries to join in your battle. And Christ has given you his authority, and you can overcome that enemy. And you don't have to be perfect to use that authority. All you have to be is a child of the king. And if you have accepted Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior, you have the right to use the power of his name and the power of his blood to come against the enemy. Revelation 12:11 tells us that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Matthew 18:18 18, 18 through 20 says, "Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven." Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again, I tell you that if any two of you shall agree on earth about anything, you shall ask it, and it will be done for you by my Father, which is in heaven. For wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So you have the right to bind and gag the enemy and command him away from you. But if you do that, in the name of Jesus, then you need to change what you're thinking on. The enemy does not shake at my name or your name, but he does shake at the name of Jesus Christ. And being a child of the king, you also have the authority to ask the Lord to send the angels according to his word to encamp around you and to keep you safe in the palm of his hand. So if you're listening to this today, I want to say to you, use your authority, use it out loud, bind and gag the enemy when he comes against you, and do not be afraid to use the authority that you have in Christ Jesus. Key number six, put up your shield of faith and put out the fiery darts. Ephesians 6.16 says, in addition to all this, Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The King James Version says, Put up the shield of faith wherewith which you can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. So how do these fiery darts come against us? Many times they come against us through thoughts that are coming into our mind that are negative. 
but also they come to us through the words of other people, believers and non-believers alike. And this can be very hard to combat and to fight against. One of the ways you fight against the fiery darts of the enemy is by putting up your shield of faith. And one of the things I share with people at Spiritual Care, part of your shield of faith is to stand firm on who you are in Christ. For example, some of the I am statements that we talk about in spiritual care are, I am an overcomer. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I have a sound mind. I am a child of God. I am beautifully created. I am accepted. I am loved. And those I am statements become a part of your shield of faith and put out the fiery darts when they come your way. I would say to you another thing you can do to strengthen your shield of faith is go in the scripture and look up Bible verses that have to do with areas in your life you are struggling in. Maybe look up scripture verses that have to do for things that you're standing in faith for and put these things to memory and hide the word of God in your heart so that when the enemy tries to come against you, you can put up your shield of faith and put out all the fiery darts of the enemy. You know, a lot of Christians I meet are walking around with their shield down and as a result, they're being hit by the fiery darts of the enemy and they're experiencing more and more wounds in their soul that they have to deal with. So God has given us a tremendous weapon of a shield of faith. The seventh key is fight from your position in Christ. What I mean by that is this. 2,000 years ago, Christ won the victory on the cross. So we are not trying to get the victory against the enemy. We already have the victory. It's already been bought and paid for. Ephesians 2, 6 says, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms. And we are fighting from the heavenlies with the word of God in a position in Christ where the battle's been won, the victory's been won, and the blood of Christ has made the way for us to have authority and victory and to fight this good fight we're in. Colossians 2.15 says, having disarmed, I love that word, disarmed, the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them, by the cross. Jesus Christ made a public spectacle of Satan when he died on the cross and rose from the dead. He triumphed over him in triumph and he gave the victory to us. So I want to say to you today, fight from your position in Christ. Understand what happened over 2,000 years ago on the cross and appropriate that victory and stand in your position by faith and you will win the battle each and every time. So this is a good thing to remember when you're fighting the good fight. Key number eight is spend more time in prayer and pray more in the spirit and press into God's presence. James five seventeen to 18 tells us, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. I want to say to you today that the prayer 
has power. It has power to defeat the enemy, to shut up the heavens, and to cause rain to come on the earth. Prayer has power. When you go to your knees and you go into prayer, the enemy shakes because he knows that when you pray, God works and he intervenes on your behalf. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Keep this in mind. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Prayer is to be our lifeline to God. We are to live, walk, and talk in an attitude of prayer. And through prayer, we win the victory because prayer moves the hand of God. And I love what James 4, 8 says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. God is always inviting us to come near to him in prayer because God wants to hear from us. When we pray, it shows the Lord that we believe he can answer our prayers and that we have faith in him. So keep on praying. And if you're in a battle and the fight is hot and it's hard, you need more time alone with God and more prayer to stay strong. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said to the disciples, could you not pray with me for one hour? Then he told them to watch and pray so that they would not fall into temptation. And I really believe that Prayer is the key to overcoming and to fighting the good fight of faith. If you've enjoyed this message today, fighting the good fight of faith, and I would encourage you today to listen to this message over and over until you get these eight key points down deep in your spirit. I would like to close our time today by praying for you. So let's pray. Lord, I pray for all those under the sound of my voice today that they would experience your encouragement, your comfort, and your strength. Let the peace and joy of the Holy Spirit be with them. And if they're discouraged and under the attack of the enemy, Lord, I pray that the enemy would be bound and gagged in your name and that he would be gone. And I pray that your presence would be poured over them like a bucket of warm honey, that from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, that they would experience your liquid love and your presence and your peace right now in their time of battle. I pray for those too today, and I continue to pray for those that are discouraged, that they would have the encouragement to go on. Lord, thank you that you've won the fight 2,000 years ago. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you have listened to this message today, but you have not gone through the ministry of spiritual care, I would encourage you to call us at 269-929-2901 and set up an appointment. But also, if you want to find out about more resources, I would invite you to go to our website, www.spiritualcareconsultants.com, and look at the different resources and things that are available to strengthen you in your fight. And remember, don't give up. The fight was already won 2,000 years ago, so fight the good fight.